Your personal brand starts with your appearance, and what you wear says everything about you to others. You've heard a dress for the job you want? Well, we're talking to fashion experts on creating an authentic look to attract the life you want on the Style Interpretive Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Style Interpreted Podcast. Today I'm joined by Delphine Ponview. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Artist, actor, but more importantly, jewelry designer, fashion designer. Delphine, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm it has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure getting to know you. Um, and by the way, you just you look fabulous. I, I love the outfit. So thank definitely uh, fitting for the for the podcast today. Thank you. Thank now, you. <laughs> originally f- uh, from France. Yes. But you are a citizen of the world, really. A little bit, little um, bit. especially earlier, earlier in my uh, in my days, uh, because now I've been here for 26 years in Chicago. Yes, which is uh, for many people that I meet, <laughs> they haven't even been there for <laughs> that long. So <laughs> I feel like you know I'm an honorary citizen of Chicago. Of course you are. Um, it's a lifetime. Yeah, pretty much. It really it's is. half of my life. No, it really is. You know, it is. It is. And and you have really become this in, in a world where Chicago is now uh, evolving to be more fashion focused, right? I don't mm-hmm. think the Midwest ever had that. But now you're a part of this community that's really thriving and, and it's very much growing and blossoming in the fashion world. And, uh, you know, I just think that's such a beautiful thing what you're doing because you're the first jewelry designer we've had here. Oh, oh <laughs> wonderful. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, it's really it's really interesting because I remember when I first came to Chicago, and I'm not going to say that because I'm French and all and whatever, but I've got to say the first few years that I was here, the fashion was not there. Um, you can say it. I think it, it was like, yeah, it was a land of like the, the potato sack dress, you know, the chambre. I'm sorry. I mean, that's. And I mean, we're talking like 98, you know, whatever. I don't know. It was it was not that great. And I mean, seriously, like now I feel like wherever I go, especially like all these events lately that are being organized um, by um, fashion savvy people and all that, people are really like dressing up, uh, dressed to impress. It's really exciting. Um, and people are not scared to go like a little crazy in the way they dress, which I love, because I think that, I mean, if there's one thing in fashion that is awesome is that, you know, you can wear this today. If it doesn't work, take it off and then try something else <laughs> tomorrow, okay? You're not you're not married to the dress that you're wearing tonight. And it's good to take risks, and then there are risks that are not very important, because worse <laughs> is that you're going to end up, you know, in the worst whatever dress list, but then that's a great way to do publicity. publicity. <laughs> so you can't lose, you know, I think actually like the the... The more fun you dress, the more original. It, it really brightens your day, and it brightens everybody else's day. A hundred percent. Because that's one thing that's great about America. It's like when you walk in the street, people stop you, and they're like, oh, my God, I love your dress, or this or that. And then I remember when I first came here, um, one person like just stopped me and said, oh, my God, I love your boots. And I was just looking at her. I was like, weirdo. Like, what's... Really? I didn't know what to answer. So Nobody in France would, as as much as they would love to have your boots, they would never make a compliment. No way. Hmm. Interesting. So I, at first, I had no idea what, what to say. And now I just think that it's just the most wonderful thing. And I actually do it in the street, too. Or, you know, be like, oh, I love you. Because you, you see that if people do it to me or I do it to other people, you can see the second you keep on walking, it's just like it your changed. head is a little higher. You've got a smile on your face. It costs absolutely nothing. And 
to just validate someone for, you know, because everybody makes an effort. And just, oh, that thing, I just put it together. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, you still, I'm you not saying that you spent two hours, but still, you know, Maybe. there was an intention. Well, I mean, for some people, it could be. And, and it's fine either way. If you can dress yourself in five minutes to look cool, awesome, you know. And, and how have those experiences changed the way that you, uh, you know, see or interact with the world when you travel abroad? So when you go back home or when you go to France, like how, 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 how is that different now? And, and, you know, have you brought a little bit of that culture too? Yeah, well, actually, that's something that's very funny because um, for Americans, I'm French. And for French, I'm Americans. Right, right, right. So <clears throat> I'm kind of like in between, in between the two, you know? Isn't that Always, funny? Like we say in France, there's this expression, I don't know what that would translate, but you say you're sitting in between two chairs, like, mm -hmm. you know, you're on <clears throat> two different chairs. Um, but I love it because I can do whatever I want. You know, when people are like, oh, yeah, but she's French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a good excuse. But it's funny. We were just talking about that, how there's so many people who are, they almost like are captive to their culture, right? And they'll say, uh, I heard this, we went to an Italian uh, wine expo, right? And mm -hmm. people were saying, well, but I'm Italian and this is just how it is. And it's like, but... You're, you're a person and you can do whatever you want. You know, it doesn't have to be that way, but yeah. they really are tied to that culture. But for you, you know, it sounds like you, you've kind of taken the best of both worlds and what you like about those things. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's, there's, that's the beauty of, well, first of all, of traveling. It's just like seeing all the different cultures. And, and what I love, for example, especially about America, is, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk in a, in a little bit about, you know, the jewelry and all that, but... I really had zero, um, you know, I didn't study to be a, a, no a jewelry de yeah, designer. I didn't study fashion, none of that. And for example, like in France, even even like my parents, my sister, when at first I said, oh, I studied this jewelry company. And the first thing they said, they're like, but, but you don't even, you don't know to make jewelry. <laughs> I'm like, so what? I learn. I'm not an idiot. I can, I can make things and actually made a few things that people like them. That's why I'm starting the, the company. But... You know, for example, in France, it's so old and so old-fashioned, you know, in a way that you've got to kind of follow your path. And I mean, maybe it's changed. I mean, I haven't lived there in over, yeah, 26, 26 years. Yeah. So, you know, I always look at France like the way it was back then. And obviously, it's moved along with, you know, the world. Um, but still, I mean, there's still that, that kind of thing that you study, you should, that's your, that's what you should know. In America, you can do whatever you want. If you if you got the drive and the courage and I mean really nobody I, I love like how people they like go for it, you know there's no fear of failure I think in America and if you want to succeed you have to fail. If you're afraid of failing you you can never start anything. So so that's what I love about here. And you've really embraced that I mean in a yes. lot of ways. <laughs> oh yeah just, I was like I'm, I want to do everything. And you have though. Pretty much. Sense. I mean, pretty much. Like you said, we have we have so much to talk about. You're yeah. such an interesting person. But even just in a, in a couple of weeks, and probably by the time this airs, you know, you're going to be somewhere in the middle of the world, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. About, <laughs> this is the fourth time now you've taken a trip uh, uh, cross Atlantic, right? Yes. Yes. Um, that's uh, yeah. It started just a year before COVID, and uh, I just find that um, yeah, traveling especially like in, in the middle of the ocean or something, it's just, a, it's my therapy, kind mm -hmm. of. Like, it's my way of cutting with um, the craziness of the world because once you're in the middle of the ocean, I mean... What can you do? Yeah, until you reach shore, you're out there. And then nobody really can 
can get to you. Yeah. And so I find it very freeing and very relaxing. And um, not to mention that I love the ocean. I'm big time scuba diver. Oh, and wow. all that. oh yeah, I'm an instructor. And you also have a, a place out in the Caribbean, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you love that stuff. Oh, what yeah, I mean, to be? I'm basically like living in the water. I'm also like here in Chicago. Um, I, I dive at the Shed Aquarium. I've been diving there for 22 years. Wow. So, yeah, I um, maintain the shark exhibit. Oh, no, do you really? <laughs> so You're the one that's... Are you in there feeding him or what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then cleaning and then capturing them. Like if they need, you know... Medical or whatever. Medical, yeah. Mm -hmm. No way. You've been doing that for 22 years? So the shark since 2018. <laughs> Before, I was working with the beluga whales and the penguins and the dolphins. <laughs> Well, I need to dive. <laughs> it's not even that, but you talk about doing everything. Like, you, oh, like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm telling you. You're an astronaut, too? Like. <laughs> no, no, but I would love to. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. If, if I would get this next episode? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I win, like, a, a trip to SpaceX or something. Right. I, I would do it, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, this this idea of fearlessness, and, and I mean, I think, yeah, well, for a lot of times I've heard, you know, that um, like when I was in the Marines, they said, you know, the Marines don't make Marines. They attract, you know, Marines kind of thing. You attract those type of people. And it seems like the American culture attracted you, but that you're very much that way, that you already had those qualities, that fearlessness. Because at 19, right after high school, right, you left and you went to go live uh, in Australia first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. you know, the, the, the world traveler aspect of it, you know, what um, was that something that just it was you Were you were you different in your in your family, in your community? Um, oh, yeah, definitely. And what, especially like where I grew up, it's um, it's a, a small city called Bone, but it's very famous because the capital of Burgundy wines. Mm. So it's very cosmopolitan. It's people from all over the world that come over, you know, to taste wine, visit the castles and the wineries and all that. Um, but it's very small. And I knew already living there, like, you know, there would be, um, on the weekend, you would go to the pub or whatever, and then there would be Canadians and Australians. And, you know, so even for a small city, there was like, you know, a lot of people from all over the world. And I would just, you know, talk, talk to them. And I was just like, I gotta be there. I've gotta go there. And I was like, I need to get out of here. I, I can't stay yet. Yeah. I would have stayed there. I would have, I don't know. Well, I would have ended up making wine or something. Right, right. And that's kind of what people do, though, in those areas, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, that's, I mean, I exaggerate because, I mean, there's, there's everything that you can do. But, I mean, that but would it have is been a wine small, town. small town life, you know, like yeah. 25,000 people in this place. And I loved it. I had a lot of friends or whatever, but no, it was way, way too small. And especially when I got a chance to study for one year in the U.S. And then I got, like, to live the student life <laughs> Much different, in florida right? i was like okay i'm out and that was right after australia right uh yes well that was two years after oh it's okay mm -hmm. yeah and so i mean one of the, th the things that you had was that you were living in austin for a little bit too right yes. so tell me about just the, the 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 migration to chicago and how you got into uh fashion so um okay so to fast forward a little bit um I moved when I was like 23 or 24, I moved to Amsterdam. And there I um, I got a job at a record company. So I was a marketing manager for this <laughs> record label. Of course you were. Yeah. <laughs> After Epi your doctor, right? That <laughs> no, that, that I, 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 I mean, I don't know if I had to, to sew someone right. in the middle of the woods, I would try. But no, that's not my, my thing. But you were working for a record label. So, yeah. So I was working for a record company. And then 
um, every year there would be this convention. That was kind of like the film festival in Cannes, but that's for music. It was called Midam, and it would be every year in January. And basically the whole world would converge for one week in Cannes. And then that's where I met my future husband, who was from Chicago. Uh-huh. And long story short, that's how, that's that's how, how it happened. And then so, yeah, um, basically like eight months later, I, I moved to Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I said that was it. Yeah. That's what I got here. Mm-hmm. So now you've been here ever since. Yeah. And when you started making jewelry, you said you had no background in it, but it was really about you doing it as a hobby, right? Yes, yes. So what happened is, oh, you're going to laugh again. I had just finished writing a novel and <laughs> it just got published. <laughs> it was in 2009. And then so I'd been working on it for two and a half years. And it's it's a great process, but it's super solitary and and. For someone like me, you need to, I was yeah, just I was yeah. just starting to get a little crazy, and so I felt the need to make something with my hands, and not something that would take two and a half years before you even see the finished products, before people could give you their feedback, or whatever. I wanted to make something and be like, there, I made this, and then so because I was also dive, diving and had a lot of friends that, you know, were diving, but nobody was wearing jewelry because you get, you know, in the water and they destroy the jewelry or whatever. So I started making these kind of rugged bracelets that were with stainless steel and you could, you know, wear wear them, you know, in the ocean or whatever. And then I just started totally like, just like making them for friends and whatever. And then one day, one of my friends who had a store at the time on Armitage, doesn't exist anymore, but she, she told me, she's like, I would like to, to sell some of your bracelets in my store. I was like, well, that's great. <laughs> so, you know, she she took some and then they, they sold through. And I remember it was like maybe like a couple of months later, I was at the store. She's like, okay, so um, what's what's your full collection going yeah. to be? And I just looked at her, I'm like, collection, what? <laughs> and then I thought, wow, that, that would be fun. And then at that point I was doing like this kind of like cord stuff. And then I thought, well, why do you, what if I make the same kind of um, bracelet, but a little more elevated, because here, you know, in Chicago, and then so I decided to make it in leather. And that's how I started working with leather. And then from one thing to the next, then um, I was making these these cuffs, and then it was kind of a Christian style, and I had a friend in Miami who was um, a polo player, and she got me... You know, she she introduced me to some people, and they were they were like, "Oh, we would love you to be a sponsor and um, to make like jewelry for you know as prizes for the winners of you know polo games and stuff." And I was like, "Cool!" And then eventually, I was invited at the World Cup of beach polo, and I had a booth there, and that's literally like kind of how it started because, I mean. Everybody was like partying, drinking, lots of money. Yeah, just and then yeah. I literally came back. I had almost like no more inventory. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> so that's kind of, a, you know, it started. And then it just, it's never, I've never intended it to become something huge. Because then that would limit me into doing only one thing. And I've got like too many other things to do. I know. So, I feel like we have to redo the entrance, the, the intro, just because uh, <laughs> it's like like twenty five different titles. Yeah. Author. But it, yeah, it, it kind of depends, you know, with the the years, you know. Like, I've got I've got a second novel that technically I should have written, finished during the pandemic because there was nothing else to do. But I was just not in that. So then I started painting, which brings us to also. An, exhi- an exhibit that's going on right now where I've got some paintings in. 
um, at the Jackson Jung Gallery. So go check the exhibit. It's until January 4th. And it's not just me. It's a multi-artist exhibit. There's a ton of awesome things. And the theme is 10 by 10. So all the paintings are 10 by 10. Very cool. So, yeah, I mean, anybody that gets a chance should go and check it out. It's really cool. And there's like over, I don't even know, but like a lot of local artists. And, and, you know, when you look at it back at your life and, and you talk about the fearlessness of things, right? Mm-hmm. And, and as much as that is true for the culture, there's still, I think, a lot of people who live in that fear, right, of not taking that, that step forward. You know, what, what advice would you give to those individuals that, as you've lived your life, that, that fear isn't a thing and that that shouldn't be something that holds you back? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. how, how, do you, how do you move past that into that mindset of doing? Well, I think that I've, I mean, in... in my personal experience, I've always been very lucky that I have a family that's very supportive. And I remember my mom when, um, well, like the first time, for example, I, I got I got word that I was getting the scholarship to go to Florida. Um, I had a, a, a little apartment that was renting, you know, uh, in France. And then that happened again, last minute, whatever. Someone someone told me, hey, they're doing interviews to go abroad. I'm like, hey, where? <laughs> Waltz in. Was the last one, hey, bye. And then Monday, like, you're going to Florida. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. But then I don't talk to my parents or anything. And then so I felt really bad because I was going to call my mom. And, you know, they had already, like, you know, were renting the apartment or whatever. And my mom was like, oh, my God, that's great. What a great, you know, so excited. And I said, well, what are we going to do for the apartment? It's like, but that's, that's, that's nothing. We, I mean, we, you know, we'll find someone to rent it to. Whatever. It's like, who cares? Wow. So, yeah, my mom has always been, like, go see the world and all that. And then, for example, so, like, when I left, um, when I left Amsterdam for Chicago, that was a, that was a big, a pretty big deal. Because, I mean, that was my first job at a record company, but I, it was a really good job. Um, I had really, like, kind of started carving, you know, a career out there and all that. And then, literally, I was going to move for someone that really literally I think would spend at that point maybe three weeks together you know because I would go on the weekend to Chicago but I mean you know doesn't you doesn't really tell you that you know it's gonna work or not and um and I remember like yeah I've always I've always been really supported like my boss at the time was like you know what you're Go go there, check it out. If it doesn't work out, we'll keep you know we'll keep the job open for three months. So if it doesn't work out, you come back and it'll be fine. And same thing, my my parents said, you know, if it doesn't work out, you can always return. You know, there's what's gonna happen. Worst come to worst, you return, or maybe like you're gonna be there already and you're gonna find something better. You know, I think that every thing that we do, that there's a reason for it. And again, success and failures. There are some things that were probably not meant to be, and that's a lesson learned. And that doesn't mean that it's bad. You know, sometimes something doesn't work. Well, you know what? Open the next door. See what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's when you expect a lot that you get very scared. That's why I really don't expect too much. But even like the too, not too much when I don't get it, like I'm not gonna say that it's not disappointing, and it's always a lot of up and downs. You think that finally is going like you know we were talking about, you know I'm I'm starting to work with this company and then so that's opened like a lot of new doors. But you never know, you know. 
right now could get a lot of orders and in three weeks you get like you know a lot of returns because right. it's you know catalog companies you never know what's going to happen right. you know it's a different way of of doing business people have never touched my jewelry i haven't tried it on so is this the first time you're doing something like this yes mm. yes yes so it's exciting but at the same time you can't like you know be too excited because we don't know what's going to be on the tail end you know it could be like oh I'm getting all these crazy orders. It's amazing. And then maybe either like you get returns or in three months, they're like, well, you know, that was great. We had a good deal. But like now, you know, this is not the style that we're going in. Right, so right. bye-bye. Thank you very much. And then in the meantime, because I make everything by hand still, I can't have 50 boutiques and, a comp and you know, a big catalog company. I mean, I've got to choose. And basically, so right now it's really this. And then I've got one boutique in Chicago that's Rebellion at 900 shops on the third floor. They're selling my uh, collection and also Jackson Jean Gallery, like the same place where there's the, the exhibit. <clears throat> and that's it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I do, I'll do some uh, pop-ups and, you know, trunk shows and stuff. But that's about it. I mean, I cannot make stuff for 50 boutiques and then risk, you know, getting things back or and I don't have time to make you know, 50 things of, you know, to, to go. So I've got to make choices. And right now, for example, you know, I got the choice to, the chance to be working with that company. It's called Artful Home. It's like a catalog company, but they only work with artists. So it's not like stuff that's, you know, from right, China right, or whatever. Right. They're all um, are US artists. And they've been around for a long time, actually, for I think 30 or 40 years. Oh, so, wow. I didn't Yeah, realize. yeah. I, I had no idea. But I guess, um, I spoke to some of my friends and they were like, oh, yeah, of course. But I think like it's something like, you know, if you live in a smaller town, you know, that is great. Because yeah, if you right. like art, you're not going to find it at your little emporium. And no offense to the little emporiums in small towns. No, but, but it's limited. But, you know, yeah. it's 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 hard for them. To, so it's a wonderful thing, actually, to yeah. have because they can browse like, you know, thousands of pieces ranging from, you know, art for the wall to tables to jewelry to clothing to whatever. So anyway, so it's it's actually a really, a really cool company. And they've really been supportive and very nice to me so far. That's wonderful. So I'm um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going with the flow, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> going with it and I will see where it goes. I really, I, yeah, that's the thing. I don't have too many expectations. I know that also I'm very lucky in the sense that um, in order to do all of this, um, I haven't had to rely, you know, on a full-time job because that's a big, big difference. Absolutely. Um, so I know that I'm very lucky to say, oh, I can, you know, I can be an actor one day, I can be all that. But uh, truth, truth is told, if I didn't have, you know, already like a roof over my head or whatever, I would have to go and get a, a you know, a full-time job. Absolutely. Because a lot of what I do, even though now, I'm getting, you know, there's some years that are great. There's some years that I, you know, I got some good acting gigs, made good money. Now I haven't worked in acting in like three years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. if you, you can't really rely on, you know, how money is going to come in when you're, when you're an artist. So, yes, I know that I'm very lucky that I don't have to have that worry. So... That's maybe easier also to say, no, hey, and, I don't have expectation. But, but I think the expectation part is really key. And even though, you know, you could have the lifestyle you have or however blessed you are in those ways, you know, I think there is something to be said about the the the, the outcome as a result of the mindset and mm -hmm. your mindset being not having expectations. Then what is it for you? And, and you know, where if someone's looking at that and trying to, to, to take on that 
uh, approach, a lot of times it's letting go of the expectation first, right? Before, because if you already have it, then it's like, well, I don't want to have it. But then, what is your why? Like, mm-hmm. what 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 motivates you to want to create and do these things that are not necessarily in the same space? Right. Um, well, I mean, for me, it's there's no choice. I wake up in the morning, I need to make something. I need to... You got to be creative. Paint. I need, I don't know. I, I need to express myself. I need I need to do something. It's just necessary. And whether, you know, I would be selling it, my art or not, it doesn't matter. I would never stop making it because it's just, it's just too exciting. It's, 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 it's awesome. And um, the thing about having no, no expectations, it doesn't mean that I don't want, you know, things to go well because... Yes, I could very well be, you know, sitting around, do a few things, and then, you know, in between be like, oh, like, you know, keep everything as a hobby or whatever. Um, even though I'm talking about no expectations, I mean, I'm working every day, Saturday, Sunday. You know, if I've got, you know, a big order or whatever, I'll be working until four in the morning. I right. mean, this is all, you know, up and downs, and but I, I, I strive on it. I think that it is very cool. The one thing is that I'm just trying to not become, like the big problem about artists, designers, actors, is just because nothing is constant. Right. It's very hard. And mentally it's very hard. Even though you can try to be, you know, try to, to, to be realistic about things, you're always like, you're dreaming about, about the thing, about what, the what if. The, and then when you you don't get the job or you don't sell the painting or whatever. It's like it's a direct hit to your psyche. You know, it's like they didn't like me. Right, right. You know, they didn't want me. I was I was not good. But at the end of the day, it's like, no, it's not that you were not good. It's like you were not what they were looking for at that point, which absolutely doesn't mean that you're not good. You could be perfect for the next project. And actually, maybe in that audition room, that's happened millions of times. Casting director won't cast you for that thing. But then they're like, ooh. That one, you know, there's this other project we need to call her in. And then maybe like that that day you get you get the job. So but it's you know, it's just like everything when you start your own company and all that is to remind yourself that you are good at what you're doing, or at least you you're doing your best. And that's very important because then otherwise like you get self-doubt that's creeping in. And especially like in places like obviously we're talking about fashion. <laughs> Even though, like, I don't, I don't feel like we've been talking too much about it. But for example, in Chicago, well, you like, are the fashion, <laughs> of course. <laughs> You're the inspiration behind it all. Well, I think that you know, to, to get back in in, in the whole uh, fashion thing in Chicago, I've always been um, a bit amazed that because there's a lot of very good design and fashion schools, and I don't understand why people once they're done with their studies, first thing that you're gonna do, they're gonna move to New York, mm. if they're a designer, right, 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 or LA, but mostly, you know, and nobody would stay here. And that was like the big problem about Chicago is to not keep their talent very, yeah, yeah they're, they're very big talent. Because when you look at um, a lot of like the TV shows where, where it'd be like models, next top model, or next designer, or I mean, there's, there's a lot of people when you look at it that coming from Chicago. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's, um, uh, I believe, like, Swabi, you know, mm-hmm. that um, she's she's a, a local designer. I love her stuff. 
uh, I'm pretty sure that she was in the, you know, the Heidi Klum. No, mm. Heidi Klum was the model. I don't really watch those shows, but I, I read about them. Um, but there was something about the next top designer, whatever she was. And she I was one of the few. finalists. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's definitely a, a lot of things. And I remember even earlier... 10, 15 years ago, the city of Chicago was organizing a fashion week and stuff mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. And then everything just yep. fell apart and there was nothing. And I think that obviously when, when there's no interest at the city level, I understand that people are going to leave. Of course. Right. Um, but that's why I'm very excited that in the past couple of years, there's some people and I'm thinking of the Curio, I'm thinking of Transapio, I mean, all these companies that are you know really investing yeah, yeah, yeah. really p putting a lot of effort in it um giving a chance to a lot of people that may not have you know the money to do a fashion show a fashion show is very costly yep you want to do a fashion show in new york bare bones i mean Six we're talking figures, two three hundred thousand yep i mean anybody that's uh, you know, doesn't already sell to like major department stores and all of that. Show me how you're gonna do it, yeah, unless no. you've got you know money, private money, you know, yeah, yeah, and even money that you gotta be ready to just. Well, and I was gonna ask about that too. When it comes to the money aspect of it, I think that's the biggest challenge that artists have is is the finance, the business side mm -hmm. of things, right? And that's why I think a lot of times in these industries you get those who get taken advantage of because they don't have that business acumen, they don't have that business. Um, knowledge and here you are going through kind of trial by fire here, getting an MBA, a real life MBA here, right? That mm -hmm. um, which you probably already have it <laughs> somewhere. <No way. laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> oh, by the way, I teach a course at the University of Chicago in business or something. No, no, but you know, tell I mean, me I've about got a master's degree. See, of course, yeah, yeah, but no, but you know, the business side of it. How did you have to learn and and, and really to to grow and succeed uh, on the business side of things? Um, well, what I, I would say is, uh, first of all, I've been lucky. I worked in international, I mean, I studied international trade marketing management. So that already gave me a nice base um, because even though I'm an artist at heart, I also, you know, understand the side of the, the right. business side of it. So it's not all, you know, that's a, that's a thing. Sometimes you've got amazing artists, but it just don't know what to do. Like you need to create a brand. You need to, to do something. And, and you tend to, as an artist, always like give away your work, uh, which I've, I've, I've been doing a lot. Um, and that's not the way to do it. You need to, you've got a value. You made something, you work hard. You work just as hard as anybody else. And that person, I don't care whether they make $10 an hour or, or $200 an hour. They apply themselves and they work. We've got a worth as well. And you can't like, Think like we always have this kind of a bit like imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and sometimes, you know, I make something and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe like I don't know, maybe that should be like you know, seventy five. And then my, you know, people like no, that work okay. with, they're like, are you nuts? They're like, <laughs> what? Did you see the amount of time it got you? There's pearls in there. Look at the cost. This is no, this is two hundred and seventy five, and that's still a good price range. And I'm like. Okay, <laughs> so you know, I still, I st I'm kind of half, half and half, and in 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 with the aspect of of artists, it's kind of fun because what I was telling you was like earlier, I used to work for artists, but on the other side, on the business side, so that taught me a lot because I was dealing 
well, with artists and then with all like the the great things that it implies and also like the super pain, mm-hmm. you know, that, that it can be. And um, so when I kind of went on the other side, I already kind of knew how an artist feel, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, but also what is good for them on, a, on a, some standpoint being you need to put yourself out there. Nobody's gonna come and find you, Yeah. okay? And so that's why I love like what is going on in Chicago because right now, all these artists that they were kind of like, you know, sewing late at night, you know, in their, in their little condo. Now they go, they go out, they get a chance to get a little vignette. They have some models that are wearing their stuff. Um, they can put themselves in the forefront. Look at what you're doing. You know, this is, this is amazing. These are all tools that we didn't necessarily have before. And that's a huge help to go and, and put yourself out there in the world because even if you want to, if you don't know where to go or if you there's there's no you know means to do that, well you're kinda dead in the water, right? Yeah. Um so that's that's what I find really good about what is going on in Chicago right now. There's like this There's energy. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, really and it's is. in the air and it's it's really exciting. Like I've I've been going to a lot of fashion shows lately and and also the quality is a lot better yeah. better. Yeah. I find like the yeah. In, in in clothing and all that. I mean, there, there's really some some true talent. And I think that by giving um, help and then and gi- giving the, the tools to all these talented people, well, that's how we're going to help them, you know, succeed. 100%. And, mm-hmm. 100%. So, you know, on that, I want to, first of all, just thank you for all this. It's been of amazing. Of course, my yeah, pleasure. Yeah, time has just flown here. <laughs> but how can people find you, reach out, you know, follow you, subscribe, support you online? Yes. Um, so for everything jewelry, it's called Nyet Jewelry, N-Y-E-T Jewelry.com. Um, Instagram is Nyet Jewelry USA. You'll find also Nyet Jewelry, but Instagram like got my codes. I don't know. I cannot uh. log in since June and they won't let me do it. So, oh. so I had to start again, brand new Nyet Jewelry USA. And actually, also, when you're going to look at my followers, there's a huge number. I got totally hacked, right, literally three days after doing it, and I have no idea to change it. I moved on. So I was like, that's it. Yeah. So whatever. But it, it's a real, <laughs> it's a real Instagram. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so anyway, Nia USA, Facebook, Nia I'm on Pinterest. I'm on um, yeah, pretty much a little bit everywhere. Um, but yeah, I am always uh, open and welcoming collaboration with um, anybody, be it, um, you know, if you're a photographer, you're doing a photo shoot, need jewelry, I am more than happy to provide jewelry for, you know, shoots, fashion show, um, also be part myself of a, of a fashion show, um, not as model. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why not? I mean, you got to look for it. I'm too old. Nah. <laughs> um, and I don't know how to walk, anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always very excited to be, you know, meeting a, a lot of people, be, yeah, fashion people, but also, you know, retailers, um, models, photographers, because I find that right now we're still at the point where we all going to help each other. And I find that it's working rather beautifully. And I think by finally getting all together and helping each other, we're really like, moving on, uh, moving up and onwards. I've got a friend uh, who's a photographer who just like three years ago 
was, you know, did a photography for my fashion show and several photo shoot. And then this year he's been invited to Fashion Week in Milan and all that. He's had his work in Vogue. I mean, it's so exciting to see that, you know, and you're like, I know him, you know, <laughs> he's my friend. That's um, amazing. It's wonderful. But because, you know, by helping each other, you know, we built our portfolios, we, we built our follower, following, and then one day, you know, something happens. And that's the thing. If you, you can be, have all the talent in the world, if you don't put yourself out in the world, you're never going to find that person who's going to tell you, hey, I want you, you know, for this, or I want that dress Here, for the yeah. next cover yeah. or whatever. CS Magazine Chicago, you know, and that's the beginning of great things. Absolutely. Well, again, amazing. I really appreciate you, and I'm just so excited for everything that that's going on in your life, but also the fact that you're now a part of our community here. So thank you. I know. It's such a pleasure. I could come back every day. <laughs> well, let's try it. <laughs> thank you, Delphine. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tony.